This is Generation Justice, a multimedia project training youth to harness the power of media. I'm Liam Paul. And I'm Kenya Alonzo. New Mexico's history of colonization, genocide, and inequity are tied to today's resistance, resilience, and liberation. Our futures depend on how well we honor and navigate our past and present conditions. So tonight, we introduce the State of Resilience campaign to showcase the voices of New Mexicans who show resiliency in their homes, organizations, and communities. We'll hear stories of the historical structures that build interdependence, heartfelt stories that remind us how much we need one another, and important messages to policymakers. Before we begin, let's hear a song that reminds us of how we're all connected. Here's This Land is Your Land by Chicano Batman. New Mexico has a rich history marked by times of hardship and colonization. New Mexicans have always had to be flexible and creative in order to make it through those hardships. It's important to acknowledge the sacrifice of those before us. There are many stories of the resilience of our ancestors, and here to share those stories are Dr. Gleniba Martinez, an associate professor for UNM's Department of Language, Literacy, and Sociocultural Studies, 8th Judicial District Attorney Donald Gallegos, Clarissa Duran of El Tiempo Nueva Mexico, and Michelle Melendez of L.A. Valle. Let's listen to these powerful messages of strength and perseverance. I think there is a lot of micro, macro, and institutional forms of racism embedded in New Mexico, whether it's through three colonial periods, you know, Spanish, Mexico for a brief period of time, and now we're in a current state of colonization with the U.S. So I really think as, as indigenous peoples and as people of New Mexico in general, we really need to interrogate those things that we take for granted or we assume. I think as Native nations, I you know we need to really center our children and our families at the center of all the work that we do. And water is important, land is important, but if we can't be a culturally found, sound society or nation with internal forms of sovereignty where we're really saying we care about elders, we care about children, we care about those people who are incarcerated. I think if we take care of those things, then everything else will work out. When your family is happy, they're powerful. But when families aren't, there's somebody sick or something is happening, it's really hard to move forward. But you gotta, you got to find a way. So I think as Native nations, we do need to find a way to redirect our energies. And I think we're doing it, you know, I just think we need to do it more. Resiliency describes um, the ability for people, regardless of where they come from, to maintain an identity and values. An example is the SPM DTU, if I remember correctly, it's Sociedad uh, Protección Mutual de Trabajadores Unidos. The people, the Hispanic people mostly, in northern New Mexico uh, uh, realized that unless they were united, unless they united as workers, they were going to suffer from low wages, uh, no benefits, um, no health coverage, anything like that. 
And so taking examples from other labor leaders across the country and across the world, um, they decided to band together to form their own mutual protection. And that was very vital, and I think that's what led to a lot of these communities not only uh, surviving but thriving. How my family is resilient is that we have each other and the extended families that have been here for over 400 years and on our Tewa side over tens of thousands of years. We do what we need to do to take care of our people and we know that there is no lack of resources, that all is available to us. We're going to not only survive but thrive. We are blessed with this and I don't believe that blessing will ever end for us. When I think of what makes people resilient, I really think about having very deep roots. They could be cultural roots, they could be roots that are tied to a place, and they could also be an appreciation for your own family roots. And I think about the people who came before us, who sacrificed. We do have an expectation now that like college is just a given, that we should, you know, that that's a right that we have, that healthcare is a given. We start to think that, yes, these things are rightfully ours, but I think that what really gives us resilience is to think about where those came from, that they had to be one, and that they were one through struggle, and that because our ancestors fought for those, that we too can fight for what we need in our communities. And I think that gives us that strength. You just heard from Dr. Glenabel Martinez, Donald Gallegos, Clarissa Duran, and Michelle Melendez. Thank you to all four of you for sharing your stories of ancestral resilience. Dr. Martinez, I agree that where our society's energy is directed dictates how we survive and even thrive in our environment. Donald, you really illuminated the fact that identity, whether that be from yourself or your community, is integral in empowering our families and communities. When we understand who we are and where we come from, then we can unite and provide for our communities. Clarissa, the land and resources we're given are important to where we are and who we are. Michelle, it's definitely true that our roots inform who, how we are and how we live today, and we do need to recognize that they were born out of struggle and sacrifice. Thank you all for coming in and talking to us. All these stories carried messages of knowing ourselves and our past. Dr. Martinez, when you said that we need to redirect our energies, I started thinking about what I need to put more energy into and what I need to stop putting energy into. Donald, I really appreciate what you had to say. I agree that if we all unite, we will overcome and thrive. Clarissa, thank you for proving that resilience is many things and that taking care of each other is a powerful and meaningful form of resilience. And Michelle, you spoke with so much love for the past. I agree that we need to be connected to our roots and that we need to have love and respect for those who struggle to give us a good life now. Thank you all so much. We'll now hear a song with a tone of resilience. This is Work Song by Hozier. That the kind of way to face the burning heat I just think about my baby 
so full of love I could barely eat. There's nothing sweeter than my baby. The beautiful stories of New Mexicans coming together to help support each other as they overcome their struggles are so important to the picture of resilience in New Mexico. To tell these stories, here are Regis Pecos, co-director of the Santa Fe Indian School Leadership Institute, Patsy Romero, CEO of Easter Seal El Mirador, Lupe Salazar of Barrios Unidos, New Mexico, and the Reverend Charles Beckenel Sr., the founding director of UNM Africana Studies, here is The Beauty of Resilience. I'll respond to what resiliency means to me in the context of how we founded the Leadership Institute, which um, center around our connection to land to the gift of language, to our way of life, to the traditional and indigenous customary laws, the governance of our people, and the governance of our relationships with all living things, the gift of family and the gift of community, and our relationship with everything that our Creator provided for us to sustain. That sacred responsibility um, is the context of our work today that focuses on our question with regard to what our contributions will be to define the inheritance of future generations. In that breath um, speaks to the incredible resilience of what our forefathers overcame in their sacrifice to give to us everything that defines who we are. When I think of resiliency, particularly because of the events that occurred over the last three and a half years, uh, I think about the providers, the behavioral health providers whose funding and businesses were totally taken away from them because of uh, actions by the Health and Human Services Department of the state of New Mexico. Easter Seals had been in the northern New Mexico communities for 42 years, serving developmentally disabled adults and severely emotionally disturbed children. Losing that funding practically devastated our entire organization. Uh, We lost $16 million in revenue, we lost our business, and we had to lay off over 100 employees. We had to figure out how are we going to survive financially, how are we going to continue to be fiscally sound, and how to continue to provide quality care to the individuals that were still under our care. And we were determined to do that, but we couldn't do it alone. We had hundreds of volunteers that came forward from the community who knew that we were uh, dedicated to this work. Uh, Our employees continued to work with us. Even for those individuals who lost their jobs, they continued to try to find ways 
to continue to care for their families, to communicate with them, to try to figure out how they could engage them back in treatment, to continue to dialogue with us about how we could take care of those people that we needed to serve. And so today, Easter Seals is financially stable, and we are able to meet all of the demands that are required in order for us to provide quality care. But we did it together. And that, in my opinion, is the very definition of resiliency. Making those hard choices, but making them together in community so that we can continue to do the work that is near and dear to our hearts. I have um, been searching to help individuals struggling with addiction for the past 14 years, and it started trying to help find my son help. I've seen my son at his worst. I've seen him walking down the street, and it reminded me of a POW, prisoner of war, and that's what he's been, you know, a prisoner of the drug war. A few years ago, I was fortunate to go out to Ghost Ranch uh, on a scholarship. And there was this workshop with these amazing women that I met. And I remember the first day I got there, um, I hadn't even been there an hour. And my husband called and he said, um, you know, Fernando just got picked up. And my heart was crushed because he had just gotten out. And I remember going back to my room. I was just crying and I heard this knock on the door. And I opened it and it was um, Judy and Anita. And I remember them getting my hands and singing me this little verse. Courage, sister, you do not walk alone. I will walk with you and sing your spirit home. That builds some more resilience to where things are going to get better. We are going to have a healing here in the valley. And one day very soon, the medicine that we have here, we can be able to send it out to different states, different communities to help other people. People who overcome have a message, they have a testimony, and they need to pass it on to others my youngest brother's a lawyer. And I often thought about that growing up in Hobbs. How did he get that notion in his head that he wants to be a lawyer? Because somebody once said, you can't be what you ain't seen. Well, he'd never seen a lawyer, a black one. But early in high school, he decided he wanted to be a lawyer that resiliency that we grew up with
told him that you can be a lawyer and you can go from Hobbs, New Mexico to Boston, Massachusetts, or wherever Harvard is, Cambridge, and be a lawyer and come back to New Mexico and make a difference in the lives of other people. You just heard from Regis Pecos, Patsy Romero, Lupe Salazar, and the Reverend Charles Bucknell Sr. Thank you to everyone in this segment for sharing your heartfelt stories. Regis, your message of educational prosperity demonstrates the need to empower the next generation. Patsy, your experience embodies New Mexico's communal resilience. Lupe, thank you for opening up to us about your personal experience and how that transitioned into helping your community. You're a living testament to the resilience through hard times that can even test familial bonds. Charles, your messages of overcoming boundaries are extremely inspirational and show how resilient New Mexicans can be. Regis, I see all you do in the community, and you are a perfect figure of resiliency. Patsy, you gave me a new outlook on how I can be resilient by continuing to try, even if it's difficult. Lupi, I really appreciate and respect your honesty about your experiences. I definitely agree with the women who came to you. You never walk alone. Charles, you gave a beautiful testimony about resilience. Your brother showed that true resiliency is overcoming and thriving. Thank you all for sharing your stories of resiliency. Before the next stories, here's a classic song of reassurance. This is No Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley. Welcome back to Generation Justice. This evening, we are sharing the many definitions, stories, and messages of resilience in Nuevo Mexico. These stories are drawn from our campaign, The State of Resilience, where people from all over the state have shared their traditions of resilience. These next messages are to our policymakers and elected officials. We join the CEO of YWCA New Mexico, Amy Whitfield, Hoon Huen of the New Mexico Asian Family Center, UNM student and longtime Generation Justice member Victor Torres, Kadri Naji of the Islamic Center of New Mexico, and David Cooper of Democracy at Work. Policymakers, I hope you're listening. My message to New Mexico policymakers is as funding has been taken from so many different social services in New Mexico, our resiliency strategy has been to collaborate. What I'd really like to see is that they're collaborating, that they're working towards the betterment of New Mexicans, not working solely towards the betterment of their community individually or even their political careers. The investment in children, especially young children, will bring long-term benefits. We should use the permanent uh, land grant to invest in our young uh, early childhood education, go through 12 higher education. The benefits will bring New Mexico out of you know, those bottom number um, in the long run. 
education is important. And education is important for all students. Um, whether you have a disability or not, or um, where you come from. And I was growing up in Albuquerque, you know, I didn't have a lot. And I never would have dreamed that I would be where I am today, especially considering, you know, my disability and everything else. It was the resiliency and persistence that got me to where I am today. And not just me. I have a lot of people to thank for that. I think voices like mine need to be heard. And that would be my message to policymakers. Look at our future generations and know that we need to make a better world for them, better community, better state. My message to policymakers and to the decision makers is compassion and education. If people aren't aware of what's going on, they won't do anything about it. If people aren't educated and have any kind of knowledge about what's going on around them, what's happening to their next door neighbor or to the person down the street, then they're not going to do anything about it. School programs are always a good place to start because if you start from the foundation, you're helping the whole tree. I think you have to build a policy of expanding what it means to be a policymaker and who gets to make the policies. The way I would hope to affect policy is to change how policies are made. Not necessarily what policies are made, but how. Where uh, those who are stakeholders in uh, a given enterprise, that they are equal members, or at least that they are uh, members of the decision-making process. You just heard from Amy Whitfield, Hoon Huen, Victor Torres, Kadria Naji, and David Cooper. Victor, Hoon, thank you for bringing all these educational issues to light. And as a student, that means a lot to me. I hope that all our legislators and representatives can take all these ideas into account. Thank you all for addressing problems that are affecting your communities. It is so important to speak directly to policymakers because that is how you make them listen. Amy, Kadria, and David... Thank you for speaking Truth to Power. In the spirit of voicing your opinion, here is Read All About It by Emily Sande. You've got the words to change a nation, but you're biting your tongue. You've spent a lifetime stuck in silence, afraid you'll say something wrong. If no one ever hears it, how are we going to learn your song? So come on, come on, come on. The State of Resilience is a six-week campaign that Generation Justice and the Colonema Health Foundation are proud to present with our partners, Strong Families New Mexico and Ole New Mexico. The messages this campaign carries are meant to highlight the many ways that New Mexicans have overcome our circumstances for centuries. Tonight, we've shared only a few of the amazing stories that live in the State of Resilience, and we encourage you all to visit the rest of these resilient voices in the following places. You can view and share the rest of our videos, which are published daily, on our Facebook page, The State of Resilience. They're also viewable and shareable on Twitter and Instagram. 
You can share your own stories of resiliency by posting on our Facebook event page or retweeting us using the hashtag ResilientNM. A full list of collaborators in this exciting new campaign is available at generationjustice.org slash resilient. Before we finish this amazing show, here is We Got the Power by the Gorillas featuring Jenny Beth. We got the power to be loving each other no matter what happens. We got the power to do that. We're not a proof of the same, okay? We got the power to be ringing the great bell out there above us. We got the power for that. We got the power to do that. We've come to the end of another great program. We would like to thank all of our State of Resilience guests, Donald Gallegos, Dr. Glenoba Martinez, Michelle Melendez, Clarissa Duran, Lupe Salazar, the Reverend Dr. Charles Becknell Sr., Patsy Romero, Regis Pecos, Amy Whitfield, Lun Nguyen, Victor Torres, Kadria Naji, and David Cooper. To learn more about the State of Resilience, Visit our Facebook event page where you can view and share our videos and join the discussion using the hashtag ResilientNM. These stories are also viewable and shareable on Twitter and Instagram, where Generation Justice invites you to share your own story of resilience and strength. Production assistance came from Alden Bruce, Katerie Zuni, and Roberta Rael. And thank you to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for helping to bring you, KUNM listeners, the voices of young people in New Mexico. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and so much more. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe and rate us there. We're also active on social media, so make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Konama Health Foundation, the Albuquerque Community Foundation, and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. I'm Liam Paul. And I'm Kenya Alonzo. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. We'll see you next week. Me llamo Juan Bien sonriente y positivo Sin alonso soy amigo Y aquí les vengo a contar Tengo 
dos mochis con mochila me vine para los Uniteds para mi suerte cambiar. Y arrimado aguanté un rato, pues la neta, quería billetes ganar.